Good morning, Wes. How are you doing? Good job. Good job. Excellent. All right. Now, let's open our Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And we can go to the 33rd verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. While you're turning there, I want to uh, just remind you that we have a website. And you can uh, get to that website by going to summitchurch.us. Summitchurch.us. And uh, on that website, we've just got so much information about this church and, and ministry. And, and one of the areas is the pastor's blog. The pastor's blog. Does anybody know what a blog is? You know, it's kind of a place where you can go and read somebody's thoughts. And, and, and I have to confess to you, I haven't been real good at keeping my blog up to date. And if any of you've checked that out, you'll know. And I'm ashamed to admit that I've missed it and just haven't kept it up to date. I hope you forgive me. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm going to keep that up to date from now on. And, and uh, I'd like to connect with you all there on that blog. I'd like to connect with you, and so I'm going to update that weekly. And in that blog, I'm going to just be putting some comments in there that maybe I didn't make in my message or some, you know, some additional things that the Lord's put on my heart during the week or whatnot that, I would, that, that would possibly be uh, helpful to you. And uh, like, for example, last Wednesday night, I uh, taught on... Um, on uh, post-resurrection events, what happened after the resurrection. A lot of times we get right up to where Jesus is raised from the dead, but then we don't talk about the 40 days after that where he appeared to many people. And I, I taught on that Wednesday night, and you can get that in, in, uh, for free on the Internet, but I didn't quite get it finished, and uh, so I finished it on my blog. And so you can go to my blog and, and, and see how I finished up that message. And so uh, I just would like to encourage you. And then also as you read the blog and whatnot, if you have any thoughts or you have any comments about my messages or questions or just, you know, I'd like to connect with you more. And, uh, and, and, and so um, go there as you feel led or whatever and read that blog. And if you have comments, questions, you can email me at the church email. And, and I'd love to hear from you, just what you're thinking. Or, you know, if there's something going on in your life you want to share with me, we can do that, you know. And that's kind of a good way to connect. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. And also, I wanted to let you know that uh, this Wednesday evening, you know, we have Wednesday services here. And um, uh, this Wednesday evening, 7 p.m., what am I going to be teaching on? Watch. Have you ever tried to watch your mouth? I need a mirror. I'm trying to be funny, but it never works. Here, I can look in the reflection. But, you know, we ought to watch our mouth. Is that right? And so, hey, come this Wednesday night, and, and we have a, the service lasts about an hour. We're usually always out by 8 o'clock or right close there uh, uh, to it. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good booster shot for you in the middle of the week to get you through to the, the end of the week. So this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, be here. We'd love to have you. And uh, watch, what am I teaching on? Watch your 
mouth. All right. Now let's get into the word here this morning. Uh, Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We thank you for your presence here. We just are so grateful that, that your presence is here. We, I, I sensed it so, so wonderfully here this morning. And Sir, it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to come to your house and to worship you. We love you so much today. We, we're so glad that you're gracious and you're merciful and that you love us. And we're just, we just thank you for that. Now, we thank you for your holy word, that, that as, as we share it with the people, sir, that as I, as I declare it out here, that, that people will, will, will hear, hear what the Spirit of God is saying through the written word and that we'll be encouraged and uplifted. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. All of God's people that agreed with that real loud said, Amen. Amen. All right. Notice right here in 1 Corinthians 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15.33 the Bible says, New King James Version says, don't be deceived. So the Bible's telling us Christians not to be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good habits. Uh, the NIV, the New International Version, says it this way, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. And, you know, the relationships we choose make all the difference in our lives. Makes all the difference in our lives. So I want to talk to you today about choosing your relationships. Choosing your relationships. Now, it's possible to be misled, to be deceived in the people that you've chosen to be friends with. And as a result, if you choose relationships unwisely, you can wind up being corrupted yourself. Now, years ago when I taught junior high, and I saw it at the high school level as well, I would see that there were certain kids that would come into my classes, and I mean to tell you they were just wonderful just never had any problems with them you know but then they would transfer because of a schedule change or something and they would transfer another kid into that class and that kid that was so good when that other one came in there it was just the difference between daylight and dark and this, this kid that never caused me any trouble whatsoever, now when this other kid's in there, this kid that was, was wonderful, he's, that, he's driving, he or she's driving me crazy now. Well, what's the difference? It was the kind of company that they were around. I've already seen wonderful kids, good kids. You know, and I, I'm, I'm using kids here because you see this with adults too. I'm just using kids here because I taught in the public school system. But this is, this is just as much for adults as it is for kids. You, you listen, adults, okay, it's for all of us. But I've seen, I've seen kids already that were just so wonderful and then, and then they'd get in with the wrong crowd and the next thing you know, they're doing drugs and talking badly and profa using profanity and... Huh? What, what did that? I mean, they're being disobedient to their parents. They're, whereas before, they were just the model, model child. It's the relationships they chose. They, you become like who and what you're around. Did you hear me? You become like who and what 
you are around. Um, I, I've already seen adults. You know, we've talked about kids, but I've already seen adults when they were around certain people that were very respectful people, those adults would be very respectful as well. But once they would get around other people who were disrespectful, talking about adults now, that once respectful adult became very disrespectful. So you see, now now we can't always blame our behavior on other people. You understand that. But there's a great truth in what we're talking about here today in that choosing your relationships wisely is a, is a, a very, very, very important thing uh, that we all do. Your relationships can make you or they can break you. Uh, one person said it this way. I, I'll try to put it in my own words, but if, you know, uh, I'll show you your future... All I have to do is look at your friends. Huh? There's a lot of truth there, folks. You understand? So we need to have relationships with, with people that are, are, are going to uh, uh, call, bring out the best in us. Did you know there's people that bring out the best in us and there's people that bring out the worst in us? Uh, we, we, we really need to have relationships with people that are going to bring out the best in us. You know, the Bible says, and in, 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 in we've got several scriptures to look up here in a moment. I'll just read this one to you from 1 Corinthians. The Bible says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, Jesus is the best relationship that we could ever have. We ought, to, we ought to run with Him. You know what I mean by that? Run with Him. Now, how do you run with Jesus? You spend time in His Word. And you walk with Him in the light of His Word. And He's the best, he's the best um, person we can run with. Uh, it is said of a, of a, of a, of a uh, young girl. Actually, I heard Pat Robertson. How many has ever heard of Pat Robertson? Wonderful man of God and... And uh, just the other day on the 700 Club, he said that his daughter wanted to go out to a certain place with a certain group of friends. Now, she was, she was probably, I'm guessing, she was probably 16, 17 years old, 18, right in there, you know, 15, somewhere in there. And she came to him and said, Dad, I'd like to go to such and such place. Now, Pat Robertson said, I, I didn't want her to go, but she had just gotten to that age where you know, if he told her no, she's probably going to rebel, you know. And so he told her, he said, honey, go upstairs, go into your room and, and get down on your knees and ask Jesus if you should go to that place. And so she came back sometime later and he said, what did the Lord say to you? And she said, dad, the Lord said I shouldn't go. But you see what he was trying to do there is he was trying to get her to develop a relationship with Jesus. I like what he said as parents. He said, we as parents ought to try to wean, as our kids get older, wean our kids off of us and on to Jesus. That's very smart, isn't it? But Jesus is the best person that we can run with. Now, the worst relationship we could ever choose is with the devil. 
Now, you say, is that even possible? Well, 1 Corinthians also says this, I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Now, people right there would come in and they'd say this. They'd say, Pastor, well, I would never choose a relationship with the devil or demons. Well, I know that. I know that. But what about when you hang around with people, even with Christians, who yield to the devil or demons? Well, I wouldn't hang around, somebody might say, with, a, with somebody that would yield to the devil or demon. I wouldn't hang around. A Christian would never do that. How many has ever heard a Christian gossip? Huh? How many has ever heard a Christian talk bad about somebody? Huh? Huh? Well, when you hang around with those people, you're fellowshipping with people who are yielding themselves to the devil. I didn't say they were demon-possessed. I didn't say they'd lost their salvation if they were a Christian. But I'm telling you, it's possible for Christians to yield themselves to the kingdom of darkness. And Christians that make a lifestyle of gossiping and backbiting and, and all of that, we, we, we don't need to be choosing them for our bosom buddy friends. Can, can you say amen? amen? Why, pastor? Because it'll corrupt you. The Bible says bad company will corrupt good character. You can be the most wonderful person, but if you start hanging around the wrong people, you can yourself become corrupted. Now, notice in Acts, the fourth chapter in the 13th verse, we talked about fellowshipping with Jesus. Let's look at the effects of, of, of fellowshipping with Jesus. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13. Let's go there. Now, notice this. Uh, New King James Version, Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the... Now, notice they saw, the people saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with who? With who? They'd been with who? They'd been with Jesus. Now, they had boldness about them. Where did they get that boldness? By being with Jesus. Now, they were uneducated and untrained. Now, listen, I'm all for education. Being a former school teacher, you know, I'm all for education and training. Get as much education as you can. Get as much training as you can. But you know what? Maybe you're here today and you didn't have the opportunity to get a lot of education or training. But you know what? Hanging around Jesus can make up for a whole lot. Did you hear me? Just hanging around with Jesus. Uh, you know, Peter and John, they had boldness or confidence about them. And it was because they hung around Jesus. They were uneducated and untrained. But, you know, there's another passage of Scripture that says that they were among the group of people that turned the world upside down for good. Well, how can, how can they do that? Well, by hanging around Jesus and running with him. But now notice, and, you know, that's the effect of a good relationship. But notice here in 1 Kings 11. Let's go over to 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings 11. Let's go over there. 1 Kings 11, verse 1. Let's look at the effects of uh, some bad relationships. What will bad relationships do? They'll corrupt good character. Is that right? Well, now notice this. 1 Kings 11.1. 1. 
said that King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites. Wow. From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, are they with you? Now, the thing I'd like to point out here is that this has nothing to do with ethnic background or skin color. Did you hear me? This has to do with condition of the heart. And God knew that, the, that these people, these women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sinites, and Hittites, He knew that their hearts were not after Him. And so if, the, if God's people intermarried with those people, it had nothing to do with ethnic background or skin color. It had to do with heart condition. And he knew that if they intermarried with, with, with people that didn't honor him, that those people that didn't honor him would pull the people of God down. I like using this illustration. Brian, he's my assistant. Come here, son. Here, stand right there. On the floor. Now, look. Give me your hand. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, I'm up here. He's down there. Now, you a- answer me this. Would it be easier for me uh, to pull him, uh, uh, pick him up, or would it be easier for him to pull me off? See, it's a lot easier for somebody to pull you down than it is for you to lift them up. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Praise God. You understand that? You understand that? Do you understand that? I remember just in my life, and we'll finish Solomon here in a minute, but I remember I was uh, driving to Umsel, which is quite a drive every day, and there was a certain female back there then that uh, uh, she needed a ride because she lived here close, and but we were going to ride together. Now, there was never anything between her and me beyond friends. But here's the deal. She, her heart was not after the Lord. My heart was after the Lord at that point. Okay? Well, when, when I started with her, I was listening to gospel music. And I thought, well, you know, we'll just lift her up. Now, I'm not talking about sharing the gospel with people. We ought to do that. I'm talking about running with people day in and day out, day in and day out. And I'll tell you what, when, when we started riding to school together, uh, I was, we were listening to gospel music. By the time we got finished, we were listening to KC, which is that hard, at that time, that hard rock and roll station. Can you imagine me driving around listening to KC? But you see, I didn't lift her up. What'd she do? pulled me down and I had to get away from it and I did and you know God bless her we wish her the best but but uh, but it really cost me about two years of, of I could be it cost me about two years of my, uh, my my walk with the Lord that could have been richer than it was you understand now let's let's finish this with Solomon let's notice what happened here Notice verse 2, 1 Kings eleven two. From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor are they with you. Surely they will... Now, here's the thing. Surely they will what? Turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. 
He clung to him. Wonder what happened. Verse 3. And, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. Now, let me just tell you now, because people ask me about this. This was never the will of God. I have one wife, and that's plenty, I tell you what. And I love her to pieces, but you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I can prove that further because in the Garden of Eden, God didn't make Adam a bunch of wives. He made him how many? One. And then in the New Testament, talking about leaders of the church should be the husbands of one wife. You see, so it's not the will of God to have multiple wives. But notice here, he clung to them in love and he had, had all these wives and all princesses and so on, concubines. Look at what they did. Look at verse 3. And his wives turned away his heart. Do you see? See that? Bad company corrupts good character. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. Boy, that bad company got him, didn't it? Now then, there's another one that I'll just mention to you. How many's ever heard of Samson? The strong man of the Old Testament, that, you know? And he was a Nazarite. And I'll just share the story with you. We could, we could go to Judges 14 and, and read it and on through, but just listen. He, a, a Nazarite was not supposed to drink wine or strong drink. They were not supposed to have contact with corpses and they weren't supposed to have their hair cut and all of that. And, and I could teach you an hour's message on that, but let's just pick a part of this story out and I want you to listen. The Bible says at one point that Samson went to this place called Timnah. Now, if you just read it and don't do much study, well, so what's Timnah? Timnah was a place where there were a lot of vineyards. Well, Samson wasn't... What do you get from vineyards? You get wine, don't you? And Samson wasn't supposed to drink any wine or strong drink, but yet we see him, see him hanging around the vineyards. Now, this word Timnah also means a holding in check. I call it the place of the check. Have you ever began to go somewhere and you just had a check in your heart that, you know what I mean, you shouldn't go there? Or have you ever started to watch something on television or listen to something on the radio and there was just a check on the inside, you shouldn't be listening to that or watching that? Have you ever uh, had, you know, like a group of friends that, you know, you, you know, when you went to have friendship with them, you just knew it wasn't? Well, we shouldn't violate that. But Samson violated that and he went to Timnah anyway. And then as you read along over in Judges 16, the Bible said Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. You need to watch how these things progress. Now, how many of you know it's not good to go into a harlot? Is that right? So... Samson violated that, that check on the inside, that lack of peace. He violates that. He goes to Timnah. And then the next thing we see him in the process of time going into a harlot. And then in the process of time, it happened that he loved a woman in the Valley of Sorek. Now, again, Valley of Sorek, what does that mean? If you studied it out, Sorek, the Valley of Sorek produced the strongest wine of all. It was much stronger than Timnah. 
And so he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek. And you know what her name was? Her name was Delilah. And she was another woman of ill repute. Do you see that Samson is not making wise choices? And he's hanging around places that he shouldn't hang around. And he's hanging around with people that he shouldn't hang around. You know, the Bible says that there is pleasure in sin, but it's just for a season. And the Bible also says the wages of sin is death. And you know, when you see Samson at the end, you see him, the Bible says the Philistines, that's the enemy, took him and put out his eyes. Think about having your eyes plucked out of your head. And brought him down to Gaza. See, Gaza means stronghold. You know, if he'd have listened to God back in Timnah, he would have never wound up in the stronghold. If he wouldn't have went to Timnah, he wouldn't have wound up in the stronghold. If we just obey God in those checks in our heart, it would save us a whole lot of trouble. I remember when I went in from 8th grade to ninth grade, there was a group of friends that I hung around with in 7th grade, 8th grade. We get to ninth grade and they started into the partying and the drinking and the drugs and this and that. And they wanted me to join them. And I had a choice to make. And I'm not trying to say I'm anything special. but I just, as, And I was tempted to go there the one time. And it was just on the inside. I knew they're just, I shouldn't go. You know, I'm so glad I didn't go. I'm so glad I didn't go. I missed out on a whole lot of heartache by not going. And a heartache I'm glad I missed out on. But my flesh wanted to go. But on the inside. We need to obey that check. That's the Spirit of God warning us on the inside. But you see, the Philistines, in the process of time, plucked out his eyes and bound him, and he's grinding in the prison. How many remembers that about Samson? Grinding in the prison. And so you see, the, the, the relationships that he chose really hurt him. Now, somebody might say, well, Pastor, you know, I... I, I kind of hang around with certain people, but I really don't enter in on the stuff that they do. Is that really going to hurt me? Well, let me take you to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. Have you ever heard of Lot? L-O-T, Lot? Remember Lot was the nephew of Abraham? Remember that? And remember at a certain point, him and Abraham split company and Lot went to Sodom. And notice this. 2 Peter 2, verse 7. 2 Peter 2, verse 7. Notice, delivered righteous lot. Now watch this. Now it talks about righteous lot. Who was what? Oppressed by the filthy conduct, conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, talking about lot, dwelling among them. Now, I don't see where he ever entered into their wickedness, but he was just around it. The question is, can just being around it hurt me if I don't enter into it? If I'm around people that cuss all the time, but I don't cuss myself. I'm around people that, that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. I don't enter in myself, but I'm around them. Is that going to hurt me? Well, look at this man, Lot, calls him righteous Lot. He was around Wicked people. The Bible says again in verse 7, He was oppressed by the filthy conduct. Oppression. 
Just being around that stuff will bring oppression to you. Notice this, that righteous man dwelling among them, torment, look at this, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. So just, well, pastor, can I be around it but not enter in? Well, I would recommend not even to be around it because it's going to oppress you. It's going to hurt you. Now go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 14. And I want to just share with you as we take about another, oh, 10, 15 minutes. I just want you to look at the numerous warnings with me. Let's look at the numerous warnings here that the Holy Spirit gives to the church concerning bad relationships and that we must avoid them. Now look at 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now as you read the Bible, it's okay to witness to them and tell them about Jesus. But you know there's a difference between witnessing to somebody and running with them on a daily basis. And being buddy-buddy with them. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Something else I like to put in right here is that a believer should not go out on a date with an unbeliever. Thank you for your, for your, uh, uh, for your overwhelming support on that. But I didn't come up with that. The Bible said that. I mean, I'm just putting it in my own words. But a believer shouldn't be dating an unbeliever. Huh? And everybody said, Amen. Yeah, but pastor, I'll change them. Oh, there's going to be some changing, all right. But guess what? Do I need to call Brian back up here again and go through that? Are you going to pull them up or are they going to pull you down? Pull you down. And I like to say this. When, you're, when, you're, when you go out on a date, when you're dating somebody, you're, you're seeing the best that they've got. Huh? That's why we recommend that people, you know, get to know each other for at least two years before they get married. Because in two years' time, you can pretty well see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Huh? So don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, but I'll go you one more, just and I can back this up from Scripture. Yeah, but pastor, they're a Christian. Well, they might be a Christian, but are they living for the Lord? Huh? Now, did you hear me? Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, yeah, yeah, but once we get married, they promise they'll start going to church. No, they're not going to. They'll go to church just long enough. Huh? And then they'll go right back. I've, I've been doing this a long time. You understand? If they're not going to church when you meet them, if they're not excited about the Lord when you meet them, they're not going to be excited about the Lord after you marry them. I've already seen folks that were, uh, you know, uh, going to church, excited about the Lord, serving the Lord, and they they got married, and now their their, their relationship with the Lord and the local church is 
certainly with the local church, not what it, what it once was. This is serious stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but he said he loved the Lord. She said she loved the Lord. Yeah, but actions speak louder than words. Huh? Are you okay? What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean and I'll receive you. Now let's go to Titus 3. Let's go to Titus 3, verse 9. Do we have the living Bible uh, in, on the computer? Let's, I'm not sure if we have the living Bible. Titus 3, 9. I think we may have the living Bible. Titus 3, do we have the living Bible? I'm, I'm not sure. I want to read this out of the living Bible. I don't think we have it. I don't think we do. But let me just, just listen to this. Titus 3, 9. Do we? That's the New Living Translation. I want the Living Bible. So anyway, just listen to this out of the Living Bible. I, I, I guess we don't have it, and I don't think we do. We got a bunch of them. We just don't have that one. Listen to this. Don't, now, this is writing to Christians. Don't get involved in arguing over unanswerable questions and controversial theological ideas. Now, did you know there are some people want to argue about Scripture and they want to argue as to whether or not Adam had a belly button and huh you know and I haven't run into anybody like this for a long time but you know there are some questions that are just unanswerable and the Bible says that we shouldn't argue about these things controversial theological ideas keep out of arguments and quarrels concerning the word of God For this kind of thing isn't worthwhile. It only does harm. If anyone is causing divisions among you... Now, listen to this. If anyone is causing divisions among you, he should be given, he or she should be given a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. Now, that's pretty plain, isn't it? If anyone is causing divisions among you, they should be given a first and a second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. Why is that? Because they're going to affect you and corrupt you. For such a person has a wrong sense of values, and if you keep hanging around with those people, you're going to wind up with a wrong sense of values. Look at Romans 16, 17. Romans 16, 17. Romans 16, 17. King James Version on this one. Romans 16, 17. King James Version. All you King James people out there, do I have any King Jamesers out there? Praise God. Oh, okay. Praise God. I would use it all the time, but my wife hit it and she said, use the new King James. So that's fine. I sneak it in every once in a while. Now, I beseech you, brethren, listen to this. What does the Bible say? Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. And what? Do what? Well, it's okay to talk with them on the phone once in a while. It's okay to email them once in a while, huh? What does the Bible say? 
avoid them. Now, putting that together with what we read in Titus, should you just cut them off right away? No, you give them a what? A first and second warning, and then what? Then cut it. Yeah, but why? But why, why do I want to cut it? Cut it off uh, because they've got a wrong sense of values, and their values will corrupt you if you hang around it. Did you hear me? So do we give them three, four, five chances? What does the Bible say? Once, twice. Huh? Huh? Avoid them. Avoid them. Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you still love me? Don't get mad at me. I'm just reading the Bible to you. I'm going to come down here. Let's read. Let's go to first. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to give them how many warnings? Two and then what? And then avoid them. Cut them off. Cut them off. Avoid them. Are we supposed to cut them off right away? How many warnings? And then what? Cut them off. Avoid them. Now, did you get that? This is talking about people that want to talk bad about folks. People that want to cause division. People that want to run folks down. Listen, if if you sit at lunch and somebody there at the table is running somebody else down, I don't care if they're running me down or running my wife down or running the church down or running another pastor down or running another fellow believer down. I don't care who they're running down. You don't want that to get off on you. So what do you do? Privately go to them. Don't embarrass them privately. How many warnings? Two, and then if they don't change, what do you do? I'd read the scripture to them and then say, I'm just obeying scripture. Here, just let's go to 1 Corinthians 5, 9. 1 Corinthians 5, 9, New King James Version. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. I printed the Bible out here on my paper so I could have it larger where I can read it. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. That way you think I don't need glasses to see you see use a bigger font do you have first corinthians 5 9 i wrote to you in my epistle or in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people now now listen yet i certainly did not mean the sexually immoral people of this world or with covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then you'd need to go out of the world (laughs) i mean that huh What's he saying there? What's, Paul, what's the Holy Spirit telling us through Paul? That we need to minister the love of Jesus to sinners, to people who are sexually immoral and covetous and extortioners, idolaters. We need to witness Jesus to them and love, Jesus, love them with the love of Jesus. Amen? But there's a difference between being a good witness to somebody and loving them with the love of the Lord. There's a difference between that and running with them, hanging out with them. Hanging out, that's a better, more understandable. But now I have written to you, now look at verse 11, not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Uh Uh-oh. Not to keep company with anyone named a brother or anyone named a Christian who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Why is the Holy Spirit warning us? Because He doesn't want those folks 
to corrupt us. Huh? How many warnings do they get? Now look at 2 Thessalonians. This is the last scripture we'll turn to here. 2 Thessalonians 3.11. 2 Thessalonians 3.11. 2 Thessalonians 3.11 For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, hmm. but are what? But are what? Now you know what a busybody is. A busybody who's into everybody's business. Or we'll say it this way, maybe they're not in everybody else's business, but they're into a lot of other people's business. And they sure don't mind their own business, they're into other people's business. Watch, watch, be careful of people, watch people that are always talking to you about other people's business. And, 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 boy, did you hear what I just said there? Be watchful about people that are always into other people's business. You know, I, I, I've seen this for years. If those people that are always into other people's business, if they, ju- if they spent just half as much time on their own business as they spent on everybody else's business, they'd be in a lot better shape themselves. Busybodies. Always into other people's affairs and things and business. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat with their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this letter, this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him. So should we be keeping company with busybodies? How many warnings? And then you love them from a distance. I said you love them from a distance. There are some folks I have to love from a distance. It sure beats being in strife with them up close, doesn't it? So you just have to love them from a distance. Don't keep company with them that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count. Now Now look at verse 15. This is important. Do not count him as an enemy... Don't count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a what? As a brother. So don't count him as an enemy. I interpret that this way. I'm going to love him from a, from a distance. And I'll admonish him. I'll pray for him. And when I get an opportunity, I'll, 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 I'll uh, in, yeah, yeah, I'll encourage. Let's get back. The Spirit of God wants me to get into that word admonish. I think if we really dug into that word admonish, we always want to encourage folk. But I think that word admonish could fall under that we need to give them a warning. Admonish them. Did you hear me? Admonish them. Admonish them. You see, I wanted to interpret that as, as encourage them, and maybe there is a bit of encouragement in there, but I, I felt the Spirit of God just... I think we ought to look at that word a little bit more, admonish, to line it up with what we've already read. Admonish him. That means if somebody's talking bad about somebody else, you don't want to encourage them in that. You want to get them privately and what? Admonish them or say, hey, the Bible says you shouldn't be doing that. Now, I'm warning you. Now, if you keep this up, 
you know, and then if they do it again, admonish them, warn them again. But then after they keep it up, then what is your responsibility according to the Bible to cut it off, avoid them? Can you say amen? So let's just maintain good relationships. You know, there's a lot of good, wonderful people in this world. I'm talking, you know, for us Christians, we ought to always be telling people about Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. But as far as our close friends and people that we run around and do things with and hang out with, we need to choose wisely. And there's just so many good folks to hang out with and, and they get together and they just want to talk about the Lord and the, how good God is and, 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 and look at the scripture and just encourage one another and build one another up and, and build fellow pastors up and build, you know, build, build, build up, build up, build up. That's what we, we need to hang around with those folk. Amen. I don't care what age you are. Did you hear me? And this, and listen, That doesn't just have to do with being there in person, but you know, a lot of fellowship takes place on the phone. A lot of fellowship anymore takes place on emails. And watch out who you hang with on Facebook. Did you hear me? Watch out who you're hanging around with on Facebook. Did you hear me? We need to be watchful. The Spirit of God really on my, in my heart wants me to stress that. Be watchful who you're hanging out with on Facebook. You know, there's a lot of gossip goes on on that Facebook. Just, it's, there's nothing wrong with it if you just hang out with the right people. Did you get anything out of this today? Was this helpful to you? This was just shared in love just as a warning to all of us, including myself. We need to choose wisely who we hang out with. Amen. Because, why? Because I don't want anybody to be corrupted. Oh, pastor, but I'm different. I can, ha- I can handle it. I can, I can talk to so-and-so on the phone. I can email them. I can hang out with them. And I'm a strong Christian. And I can, I can hang out with those people that want to cause division. And it's not going to affect me. <laughs> oh, it will affect you. It'll probably get you quicker than anybody else. So we all need to be careful and watchful, don't we? All right, stand with me if you would. If there's anybody here today that you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, you've never repented of your sins and made Jesus the Lord of your life, there'll be some men and women standing up here before you leave today. Be sure that you come up here and pray with them. They'll lead you into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus. So if there be anyone here today that you don't know Jesus, you don't know whether you'd go to heaven or hell when you die, you want the life of God. When we dismiss, come up here, pray with these people. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've gotten into relationship with some people that you shouldn't be in relationship with and you just like somebody to pray with you and, about that and, 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 you know, to encourage you to go ahead and do what the Word says and admonish them, warn them, and then you may have to cut some relationships off. You may have to cut some things off. You may have to cut some things off. You may have to cut some things off. These people, you can come up, pray with them. They'll help you. They'll help you. I just perceive that there's, there's some folk here that, that if you don't cut some things off, if you don't cut some things off, if you don't do what the Word says and cut some things off, that the year will come and go and you'll, 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 be, you'll be farther behind in spiritual things than you are now. So just just listen to this message today. Do what it says.
And the year will come and go. And should the Lord tarry his coming, you'll, you'll, you'll have advanced spiritually. You'll look back and you'll say, "Why, well, my goodness, how far I've come since I've gotten away from those naysayers and those people that are always talking negative. It'll make a difference in your life. So if you need prayer today, you come up here when we're dismissed. Well, say this after me. Heavenly Father, I've heard your word today. I'm going to be obedient to it. I'm going to do what it says do. And as I do, I'll be blessed and I'll be a blessing in Jesus' name. Now, greet a few people and then you're dismissed. God bless you.